Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. When James Dobson retired from Focus on the Family, he he had done the thing on um, pornography, and uh, they call it gaming. They don't like to call it gambling. But he got so many death threats, and there was such duress put on him, he, he said he was done. That's why he retired. But he said something that stunned me. He said uh, he had come to the conclusion that he believed that one in every three Christian men had a sexual addiction, not just occasional, but something. And uh, we, we don't like to talk about that stuff, but that's very, very real very very real I was doing a thing a couple years ago on spirit and you know I've got these fat whatever Vienna sausage fingers and I, I type at a blazing 16 words a minute probably you know <laughs> and I, I, I made a mistake I honestly made a mistake instead of typing spirit I typed spirits and when it came up on the search with this laptop, it really stunned me because there are a few exceptions, but pretty much if you'll type in the word spirits, plural, with your Bible search program, there's only three. All of those other things fall into three categories in the Bible. What are known as seducing spirits, unclean spirits, and familiar spirits. And uh, when I was a kid, you know, I got, I got a little girl, call her little, she's still little to me, but she's got an iPhone and she's got an iPad and she's got a laptop and, and she says, Dad, I'm bored, I'm bored. <clears throat> when I was a kid, one of the great things that happened when, was one of the neighbors got a refrigerator. Because <clears throat> <laughs> if they got the fridge, we got the box, you know? And, and all you need is a knife that you swipe from your mother's kitchen. And it could be a tank or it was a great fort. You could saw doors and windows. And it was just great until it rained, you know. And, uh, and so we, we just entertained ourselves. And one of the great, where I was raised, they had strip mines. And these, they, it was before the EPA. And they, they didn't clean up anything. They just left it the way it was. And very common on the tops of those West Virginia hills for those, those depressions to be filled with beautiful water and uh, to be this yellow clay. And me and my pals, we'd get around the perimeter of that pond on the top of those hills and we'd have mud ball fights. And, and you know, when you get hit with a mud ball and you got that, a 12 inch cow pie on your chest, you can't say you missed. <laughs> you just can't. You got this giant splat on you, you know? So you dip down and you wash off and you wait until everybody gets whatever uh, thrown out except one, and you start all over again. Th that's my mental model of, I think, what's going on here. I think that, I think Satan is out there constantly trying his best to seduce us, throwing stuff at us. 
And, and we do a pretty good job of dodging most of it, but every now and then something connects. Splat. You know, and, and if you're wise, you, uh, you, you wash it off quick as you can. My, my wife's grandfather, an old elder named R.G. Cook, he was a magnificent, full of that Bible. He asked me one time, I'm fresh out of Bible school, and he said, what's, what's the greatest example of baptism in the Old Testament? And I was only so pleased to inform that old elder that I knew the answer. It was the waver in Tabernacle of Moses. And he said, nah. He said, uh, do you know they had to wash every time they went into the, to the house? Every time they went in? They, did, they had to wash every day. And he said, did you ever consider that maybe the best example of water baptism is circumcision and I said Joshua made sharp knives and rolled away the reproach of Egypt and, and when you really get down to it it's something that can only be done once and uh, so we get baptized in the name of the Lord and <clears throat> we get dirty occasionally I think that's what it means when it talks about the washing of the word so you, you just got to stay clean I think that's where most of us live trying our best to stay clean and every now and then you do something stupid and 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 you repent uh, I get it I really enjoy repenting because uh, it's got to drive Satan crazy I mean what's it like to be a demon right now and you know you backed the wrong horse <laughs> you know you're, you're you're on the losing side you already know that you know <laughs> I think that's probably why they understand unity so much better than we do. And uh, you can knock Satan all you want, but he's really pretty good at what he does. And they never did vote up the pastor and get him another one. And uh, I just, uh, they pretty much stuck with the original guy, you know. And uh, <laughs> you, get, you get hit, you get dirty, and you get washed off. So he seduces us and we get unclean. So you get washed again. Every time you repent, it's like Satan looks at the Lord and says, what's the deal here? I do this one time and you throw me out. And I never get a chance to do it again. And Harold does it 800 times last week. And you forgive him every time, you know. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Rubbing his nose in it, you know. Nah, 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 nah. Here's what you don't want to do. Don't get familiar with it. Don't get to the place where when you get unclean, you just say, you know, when he knocks on the door, you just open up and say, ah, come on in. So fight, fight the habit. Fight, fight the porn. Fight you got an unhealthy relationship get rid of that okay just do do you have an accountability partner do you have anybody in your life with veto power do you have someone in your life that you trust so implicitly that that if they say no whether you understand it or not you agree you 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 obey it do you have anybody like that in your life i strongly urge you to get someone in your life with veto power Someone that you can be emotionally naked in front of. There were cities of refuge in the Old Testament. We need people of refuge today. 
people that you can go to and just be naked emotionally in front of and say, I, I, need, I need a brother. Do you ever think of it? It says, uh, That, the, that there was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So I did the math one time. You take 10,000 times 10,000, then you multiply it times 2,000, thousands plural, and multiply it times 2,000 again. And you come up with this massive number of 400 trillion. Seems a big number, lots of zeros. Apparently that's the number of angels after Satan left. So Revelation 12 said that the, the, the tail drew a third of the stars. One in 20 said stars are angels. So if there's 400 trillion after he left, he took 200 trillion with him. Sounds like a big number. But one puts 1,000 to flight, and two does 10,000, and three does 100,000, and four does a million, and all you need is 12. And if you can get 12 together, you have enough dynamic that you can overcome everything he's got. Can we get a dirty dozen here tonight? They're just willing to come together and be harmonized and unified. I believe we have much more than that here. This is an amazing testament to the leadership of this district and to your hunger. I've done these things. We, we had ladies' auxiliary meetings for years, and but but this this men's deal is a relatively new thing in our fellowship, but it is a massive success. The promise keepers thing was was great, but it it ran out of gas, but not here. And I commend you. Would you would you raise your hand with me if you would be willing to bring one man with you next year to men's conference? Would you be willing to try and bring one man, one man, have a thousand men at your men's conference next year? That'd be amazing and doable. Hallelujah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne. This Isaiah is a pretty interesting guy. He knew his nation was in decline. They never have recovered from it even to this day. But not only did he see the, the political decline and the spiritual decline of his nation, he saw something else. He did stay fixated on the bad. He said, I, I, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with two he covered his face and two he covered his feet and with two he did fly and they cried one to another holy 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 is the lord of hosts whole earth is full of his glory i want to teach you something we're simply going to entitle far above far above the name of the Lord is a it's a powerful weapon 
in, in Psalms 23, there's a scripture that, I forget which verse it is. It says, that you can walk in paths, not path, paths of righteousness for his namesake. I, I personally believe that they're, it's like fasting, you know. He, these guys, they, this man brings this boy and they do their best and they, they can't fix it. And they ask Jesus, and, and, and he evicts, you know, the trespasser. And they said, why, why couldn't we cast this out? Because you've got to understand, if you go to Luke 10, these guys have already been casting out devils. These are the same guys he sent them out by two, and they came back and said, even the devils are subject unto us. He said, well, we're dealing with, dealing with a different kind. This kind not going out unless you pray and fast I've prayed and fast you haven't when you pray and fast you have victory over this spirit just like I did that it's in the same context that there are things that are off limits to you without prayer and fasting I this is very can be interpreted as very egotistical I don't, I, don't, I don't want to come across as arrogant, but I, I do want to come across as confident. God resists the proud, uh, gives grace to the humble. I am convinced that there are paths that are off limits to people who do not have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. There are righteous paths that only people who understand his name get the invitation. They're not wide. They're not broad. They're, they're skinny little, but they're, they're there. I mean, there's only one legal liquid that can deal with sin, and that's blood. God is spirit. If God remains spirit, he can't redeem anybody. So God has to get flesh. And that's what the incarnation is all about. He died 2,000 years ago. How do we access his blood now? Where's it at? Consider this. In Leviticus 17, 11, it says, Life of the flesh is in the blood. If there's anybody here associated with the AMA, American Medical Community, three years ago, they did something amazing. They, they declared that blood was a living thing. Because in order to do this, you have to satisfy three prerequisites. Number one, you have to be able to identify a problem. Number two, you have to go to where that problem is. And number three, you have to be able to fix that problem on site. And the blood does that. It figures out we've got infection inside of us, and it goes to that place and repairs it. That's why they're never going to be able to make blood. Blood's a God thing. Because life is in the blood. Okay? So it's, it's synonymous. What is the power of the blood? Life. What is life? Power of the blood. It's, a, it's an Old Testament concept. My, my grandparents, they were just 
poor coal miners. And they, they never threw anything away. And um, my, my grandmother, she would save rags, towels and washcloths and sheets and any type of fabric. And she would put them in this basket of vines that she had woven from the woods. And when she got enough, she would weave them into these beautiful rugs made from scraps of material. And I'd watch her tie them. And I was always a precocious kid. And so when they left, I'd untie the rug. And I just got this simple pleasure out of being over here and pulling on the rug here and watching it bunch up across the room. That's my mental model. There are things in the book of Genesis that when you pull on them in Genesis, they pucker over in Revelation. Okay? They're themes, they're threads that are woven through the word. And the blood is one of those things. And, and so you, you come to John 20, and it said, These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing you might have life, not through his blood, but through his name. As you go from the front of the Bible towards the back, these, it's like a, it blooms. It's revelation. And so based on John 20 and verse 31, if you have the name Jesus, you have life. If you have life, based on Leviticus 17 and 11, you have blood. If you have blood, based on Hebrews 9 and 22, you have remission. If you have remission, then Jesus got Alzheimer's. And he forgot who you were. But if you don't have the name, you can't have life. Because there is no other name under heaven. That pretty much covers that deal. There is no other name under heaven. So if you don't have the name, you can't have life. If you don't have life, you can't have blood. Without blood, there's no remission. With no remission, you just go wet. The blood is in the name. And that's why when you baptize somebody in water, the Bible talks about the blood and the water agree. There's something magical and mystical goes on when you're dipped in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood, just like that priest washing in that labor and washing that blood off and mixing it with that water. That's what's going on here. And so the name of Jesus is is a powerful weapon. But what you have to understand is it's not just the name of a person. It's a place. It's a place. The word says his name is a strong tower. And you can literally run into it and be safe. (laughs) In Genesis 28... Jacob had an encounter. There are so many references in the Bible to dreams. Uh, In the book of Acts, it said, old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm an older man now. And so if I take that scripture literally... Dreams are the, is the backyard of the senior minister. 
But vision is for the younger minister. Old men dream dreams, young men have visions. I, I've always lived in tomorrow. I just always have. And uh, when, you're, when your memories become more important to you than your dreams, you're getting old. Okay? I remember I was in Louisiana one time, and some guy got up and started talking about the good old days, and, and Brother Tenney was standing by me, and he said, Brother Harold, he said, I was there, and he said, the good old days weren't always that good sometimes. And he said, I'm more excited about the kingdom now than I've ever been in my life. And it's just, so I want to do my best to encourage those of you with gray hair or no hair, keep dreaming. And if you don't have any dreams, it's time to hang up your spurs and let somebody else lead from the front, okay? Why don't you sit there and cast them checks on Monday? And, but, but while as a senior minister, I'm doing my best to stay motivated and to encourage other men in my age bracket to keep dreaming. We can't afford the luxury of marginalizing the vision of our young ministry. Because they got vision. It doesn't say without a dream people perish. It's without a vision. We need visionary young ministry. And I'm so encouraged with the quality and the caliber of the young men that are in this room here right now. I, I have been thoroughly impressed. Missouri's in good shape. Missouri's in good shape. Hallelujah. But I just, you remember that story when Solomon, all of a sudden, you're the man, you know? Your daddy's gone. What a, wow. I can't imagine the pressure that was on him to try and fill daddy's shoes. And so he prays this prayer. I'm a child. I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I, I need you to help me. I'm not asking for money, but I sure am going to need a big basket of wisdom. Listen to this verse. This is, this is 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, What do you want? He prayed that prayer. While he was asleep. That changed the destiny of his life. While he was asleep. Don't just surf the web before you go to bed. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You need direction in your life. Get that Bible. And just whatever. Read a chapter of that Bible. And program your spirit. Because your spirit won't go to sleep. See. Your eyes and your ears and all the rest will shut off. But your spirit will keep, God can deal with you without the distraction many times of what you're looking at and what you're listening to. There have been so many times in my life I went to sleep with a problem and woke up with an answer. And it's right out of this Bible. It's just, it, it, it amazes me. It's Jacob, you know. I, I don't have time to, but I can prove biblically he's at least 74 years old. 
I thought he was a 16-year-old kid, you know. You know, he got a bowl of beans, got, the, got that birthright. Fool's daddy gets the blessing. He no sooner is out of the room. Esau walks in. Here I am, daddy. He said, I already gave it away. Well, get another one. I'm sorry, it's gone. He comes out of that room and he looks at his brother and said, I'll wait till daddy dies. But you ain't coming back from the graveyard. We're going to dig two holes on that day. Because I'm burying daddy and I'm burying you. You're a dead man. So mom buys him a bus ticket out of town. And he ends up at this place called Luz. And he's a very dry place. An almond branch cut off. Almond wood doesn't have any cambium. When almond wood gets dry, it's drier than any other wood in the world. It's not by chance that Aaron's almond rod budded, blossomed, bore almonds. He has this dream. We call it Jacob's ladder. Almost every other translation calls it the staircase. Angels going up, angels coming down. I love that analogy. It's dialogue. It's not monologue. Angels carrying requests up. Others bringing answers down. Traffic between our world and the next world. Albert Einstein was the first to propose something called a black hole. Stars die. A blue star is a new star. A red star is an old star. Our sun, it's red. It's an old star. It's going to die one day. The Bible talks about it. When, when, when stars blow up, it's called a nova. And when they really blow up, supernova. Well, it's a vacuum, see. And it's kind of like if you detonated dynamite in the ocean. There's explosion and then there's implosion. It's rushing back to fill the void created by the detonation. Same way in space. When a star dies, boom! And then it rushes back to fill that void. And most of the time it returns. But sometimes it skips. And it creates this Hoover vacuum cleaner in the sky. And Einstein proposed that light has weight. He said if you could take a flashlight and you could shine it over a black hole, the light would go because the, 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 the gravitational pull of that black hole would affect that light in such a case that not even light could get out of there. And he's teaching in Princeton one day and, and told his students, he said, if, if you would happen to just go by a black hole, it would be like pulling the plug on the bathtub. And it, would, and it would turn you into a piece of spaghetti about a thousand miles long. And one of his students said, and where would you go? And he stopped for a minute and he said, well, to another world. To another world. <laughs> See, the only way we can have a Bible, I don't have time to flesh this out to you, but there are so many things in the Old Testament that don't make sense until you get the New Testament. Like the snake on the pole. It means nothing until you get to the book of John. 
The only way the Bible could have been written is somebody had to write it who was outside of time. Because he proved that there is something more powerful than time. It's speed. If you could go at the speed of light and you wanted to visit some distant star and it was 50 light years away, 186,000 miles a second. It's fast, man. If you could travel that speed for an entire year, that's a light year. And let's say the planet, star, whatever, 50 light years away. And you and I got on that tomorrow on that ship. And we went there and we came back. And all the people that were there when we left, they're all dead and have been dead for many years. But we wouldn't have aged a day. Because age, time can't catch up with you when you go that fast. That's why his favorite description is, I am. He just am. Okay? He lives. He spans all three time-space dimensions at the same time. He's presently in the past, presently in the present, presently in the future. All at the same time. That's fast. Really fast. Where can you go when he isn't already there to greet you? It's just, that's speed, man. That's power. And it's just, you ever been in church and all of a sudden you're not here anymore? Listen to me, gentlemen. Heaven's not that far away. That you get in the presence of a timeless God and all of a sudden you're in a heavenly place. It's like that. I felt it this afternoon. Boom. Cool, man. I was in, went to Japan and stayed there for a while and built a church. And my father-in-law was a missions guy. His name was Paul Cook, wonderful elder. He had all these non-refundable tickets. His wife was supposed to go, but one of the children got mad or got sick, and he, she couldn't go. And he, he said, would you like to go with me? I don't want to go alone. Come on and go with me here. Yeah, sure, man. 28 countries. I'm a hillbilly kid, man. I've never been out of Brook County. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in India, and I'm Bangladesh, and on and on. I'm in this place called Burma. They call it Myanmar now. I'd been married five months when I went to Japan. you got to understand, back then... It, a three-minute phone call was 50 bucks. It was great. I had no mother-in-law nosing in on me. My mom and dad couldn't get a hold of me. It was just Renee and I in Japan. We loved it, man. It was amazing. <laughs> so when you're dangling this carrot in front of this hillbilly kid, all these exotic places that I've only heard of, I'm going, man. But after five weeks of that, we're, I'm, I'm homesick, man. I want to be with my baby doll. 
There's a superintendent in Burma. His name was Bawaya. Brilliant guy. He could never say brother. It was always Burr. And he got me. He said, come, Burr Hoffman. We're going for a walk. We're walking down the sidewalk in Burma. And boom, he just jerks me. And we go into the left. And he, he said, look at me. He said, how do you feel? I said, uh, I'm okay. No, 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 no. He said, turn around. And I turned around. There was this beautiful Italianate mansion, white mansion. Stars and stripes flying. Marine honor guard on the porch. He said, this is the embassy of the United States of America. By international law, you're not in Burma. I knew you were homesick, so I took you home. How do you feel? Paul said one time to the Philippian church, our conversation is in heaven. I, I was never a science fiction guy, but I remember Star Trek, you know, and you go into this, this phone booth and beam me up, Scotty, and all of a sudden you're light and then you're gone and then whatever, a long ways away, boom, the, the light and then you're there, you're transported. See, Alexander the Great had a dad named Philip of Macedon. And Philip finds out there's gold in these hills down south. So he goes with his army and he takes it all over. And, and he calls it Macedonia. And being the modest guy that he was, he called it Philippi. And you have to understand, Philippi is a Roman satellite. It is a Roman military colony put there to keep the peace in that extreme of the Roman Empire. If you could have taken somebody from Rome and beamed them up and projected them back into Philippi, they wouldn't have known they left because Philippi looked like Rome. They talk like Rome. They act like Rome. Gentlemen, this is not Kansas City. This is not Jackson County. This is the embassy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we look different. That's why we talk different. Why? Because we obey heaven's laws here. Heaven's laws. Hallelujah. You know the first requirement to be an ambassador? You got to be bilingual. I'm a tongue talker. How about you? I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this place that we're in, this is more than a name. This is a place. And Jacob woke up and he said, how dreadful is this place? This is the house of God. This is, this is the gate to heaven. That's what I want our churches to be. I want people to come to church Sunday. I, I, I love it, man. I, I, as a pastor, I, I love to see women come to the church that have never been there. And they go like this.
got $80 worth of Maybelline on them lights. But I don't care if you got a hundred bucks worth of mascara. You mix it with tears and you look like Ozzy Osbourne, man. <laughs> you look like a raccoon. I love that. I had a evangelist a couple of years ago, came to our church and he left and said all kinds of horrible stuff about our church. And I called him and I said, hey, stupid. Haven't you ever been in a church that's trying to reach the lost? He said, there was lots of women in that church with cut hair. Yep, there is. We got people with enough ink on them. You don't have to talk. To, you, you just read them. You don't have to talk to them. I want to come in church and smell Bud Light. I want to come in church and smell marijuana. Potential convert. In the house today. I don't want to just smell Chanel number five and Old Spice. Jesus' name. Jesus. You know, you've got a spirit, a soul, and a body. God's spirit. You read Romans 8. His spirit, capital S, bears with us with our spirit, little s. So they come to church, and the flesh goes, I don't get this. And the mind says, get out of here. And the spirit goes, something vaguely familiar going on here. I think this is where I came from. Do you understand you can burglarize somebody's life? Do you understand that? Will you please find me one verse where Saul of Tarsus ever wanted to change? It's not there. Why did God choose Saul? Because of Stephen. If I would have been Stephen, I would go, oh, shoot. How many sutures is that going to take? I'm going to need a transfusion. Boom. And you, whoa. I mean, you think of it. John said, I see one sitting on the throne. Stephen said, I see him standing. They're fixing to kill one of his young preachers, and Jesus gets off the throne. And you got to read between the lines. Stephen said, I got this sound. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, where's the lights at? Boss, we haven't used the lights for, well, don't find them. And you park right down there on that Damascus road. And a couple of weeks later, here comes old arrogant, you know who? And the Lord goes, hey, boys, hit it. Bam. Boom. And his rear is laying in that road saying, whoa, what was that? You touched me. No, I didn't. I, I touched the church. Right. You ever read that scripture, special miracles, handkerchiefs and aprons? I'm going to tell you what that is. That's Paul's work clothes. That's his aprons, his handkerchiefs. Pastor, go home and cut up your old suits. Cut up your old ties. Don't just go down to the fabric store and buy three yards of something from whatever. Get your old work clothes and cut them up. The anointing's in the material. Stick them under people's pillows indiscriminately just scatter them through your city why 
You didn't touch Jesus. You touched something that had been rubbing up against him on a regular basis. It's the same thing. It's, you know, you know there, it's Hebrews 6 and verse 2. It said, not laying again of the, the foundation from dead works of faith towards God. Watch, watch verse 2. And the doctrine of baptisms. Plural. I always wonder, what in the world does that mean? And it's a big subject. But there's a scripture in John 14 where Jesus said, Ye in me and I in you. That's why it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. How do you put him on? As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus, you're baptized into him. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he's baptized into you. You in me through water baptism. Me in you through spirit baptism. And there's three global baptisms. First baptism is water with the flood. Second baptism is spirit. Third baptism is fire. That's what's going to happen in your life. Here's, here's Matthew 20. Here's James and John's mom. This, I love this. And she came to Jesus worshiping him, beseeching of him a certain thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, by the way, can I reserve that chair and that chair for my boys? And this is what he said. Are they able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized? Oh, sure. Got no idea what she's saying. Gentlemen, there's a water baptism, there's a spirit baptism, and there's going to be fire. Everybody's works are going to be tried, even so as by fire. And it's just 200 times in the New Testament is this phrase, in Christ. Listen to this verse. God has given him a name above every name. Now, listen to this verse. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, there's above and then there's far above. They're not the same thing. I'm convinced there's another level. There's another strata. His name is above every name by itself. But Isaiah said when I was there, he was high and lifted. David understood this concept. Because if you read Psalms 150, First of all, he said, praise them on the symbols. And then he said, now go get the next ones. Go get the high symbols. Give me, give me them ones that will really make a, a bang. This is 149. Praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that hath made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Sing praises unto him with timbrel and harp. 
for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory and let them sing aloud upon their beds. That's one through five. That's praising God. But watch verse six. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. He said you can execute vengeance upon the heathen. Punishments upon the people. You can bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. Watch this honor of all the saints. The names above everything all by itself, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen. However, there is a place where he's far above. And the only way he can get to that level is he has to be lifted. He has to be lifted. Paul understood this. I pressed toward the mark of the high calling. Hallelujah. Remember a deep, it's got a voice. Remember that? The blood, remember the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than I Abel's blood had a voice. The blood of Jesus has a voice. The deep calls, but the high calls as well. You and I have the honor tonight of getting beneath the name of Jesus. lifting him do you get it Jesus on the cross is powerful just laying on the ground but he said if I if I be lifted I'm going to draw all men unto me I have a dear friend in Louisiana his name is Jerry Dean many of you know him I've known him for many 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 years he called me a while ago and told me this great story. This woman went to one of the drugstores in Bossier and gave a picture of a cow to the people in the photo department. And they said, what would you like us to do, ma'am? And she said, that's the last picture we have of daddy. And they can't make the, what's going on here? She, she Brahma, you know, she had seventh cast, I don't know. She said, no, 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 look back by the feet see that three legged stool in them cowboy boots that's daddy on the other side of the cow this is the last picture we have of daddy I want you to get rid of the cow so we can see daddy and he says ma'am I don't think she said oh yeah you got photoshop and all that other stuff just get rid of the cow we want to see daddy and she went to multiple places, and somehow it ended up in the paper. And my pal is saying, let me show you some of these crazy people we got in Bozier down here, Harold. <laughs> Jerry Dean told me, Harold, you want to know how you know you're in a Louisiana zoo? He said, because every animal has a recipe on the wall <laughs> beside of it. <laughs> and he's telling me this story. And I'm just weird, I guess. But I got this little guy inside of me that's screaming, yes, I get it. I love toys, okay? I really do. 
I, 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 I want the newest laptop. I don't have an Apple Watch, but I'd like to have an Apple Watch. We got toys in that church. We, we have just like, there's cabillions of dollars back there in that sound booth. Cabillions. <laughs> Digital screens, lights. And I love all that stuff. I really do. But listen to me closely, gentlemen. There are some things technology will never be able to accomplish. I don't care how many toys you buy. I don't care if you got the latest and greatest of whatever it is. There is no, no substitute for anointing. There's no substitute for conviction of the Holy Ghost. That's our trump card. We lose that and we're in deep doo-doo. Whatever you do, protect the anointing. Whatever you do, protect conviction. Oh, Jesus. It's, don't you get it? It seems so obvious to me. He's saying this. If you See, we, I'm like every other pastor. I, I, I want a good product. And we work hard. We work hard. And it's spend lots of money. And these, these musicians practice all week long. And, and I work hard to, to, to have something good to say. And I really do. And I know every other pastor is just like me. I don't, I don't want to be stupid on live stream. I, I want people to look at that and go, wow, that was excellent. You don't, you don't feed the bread of life out of a garbage can. I don't want to pastor a church where the bathroom smells like a Greyhound bus station. I want it as nice as I can possibly get it. But there's the difference between my program and his. We're doing everything we can to attract people. But Jesus is saying, if you'll do the lifting, I'll do the drawing. If I, even I, be lifted... I'll draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. Train fills the temple. (laughs) We're not talking Baltimore and Ohio. We're not talking Union Pacific here. We're talking weddings. Prince Charles just became king. I just always looked at that guy like a joke. You were married to Diana, for goodness sakes. You traded Diana for Camilla, who looks like a Rottweiler. How could you give up that classy blonde for that? Just me. When Diana married Charles, I forget how many girls she had holding the train of her wedding dress. And I I listen and read what Isaiah said. I so appreciate what Brother Cisco said. So many things. I found out by default. I was doing this Ancestry.com thing and found out my great-grandparents were all Jews. And so I started going to Southfield and started trying my best to become friends with an Orthodox rabbi. Good luck is all I can tell you. You better be persistent, man. 
And finally, one old gentleman named Avram Bornstein took pity on me. Avram was amazing. Taught me stuff. Who made man? Harold. He always, it's always questions. God made man. No, it's not what it says. What's it say? I don't know. You call yourself a pastor? And you don't know what it says? Quote two and seven. And the Lord God formed. Stop! Did you get it? No, sir, I didn't. Do it again. And the Lord God formed. Stop! Did you get it? I said, no, sir, I didn't. Oh, Harold. Okay, Harold, what's Lord? Adonai. What's that? Mercy. Good. What's God? Elohim. I knew better than to say yo. Because <laughs> I'd be going yo. He would slap my mouth. What's it mean? Righteous judgment and justice. Yes. Did you get it? I said, no, sir, I didn't. He goes, oh, boy. You've been around them Gentiles way too long here. He said, don't you get it, Harold? God made the fish, and God made the trees, and God made the greater light and the lesser light. But when God got ready to make man, he knew man would need more than a judge. He knew man would need. So right off the bat, he gives us a compound name and put Lord in front of his judgment to give all of us mercy that we desperately need. And that was my end. All right, Avram, let me talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. We're not going there. So I got fascinated with this stuff. And I found this word in Malachi 4 and 2. The Son of Righteousness. Capital S. It's talking about Jesus. The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. That's the English word. But that's not the Hebrew word. Hebrew words, kanaf. It means edges or borders of the garment. And one of the ways you'll be able to identify Messiah is he'll have healing in the edges of his clothes. And this woman doesn't have a clue. Reaches through and grabs the hem of his garment. Boom! Years of hemorrhaging, gone. Somebody touched me. Of course they did. No, 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 no. There's a touch in it. There's a touch. There's a praise. There's a high praise. There's heaven, church, and then there's what I'll call judge. Church ain't the same as church. We're going to have church. Read it. It's powerful. It's like Matthew 9. Go like five chapters later in chapter 14. And many besought him. If they could just touch the hem of his garment. That woman opened up a brand new ministry. It had been sitting there in mothballs all of them years. But she made it. What's God got in this room right now? What's been... You, you read Matthew. He, he heals this leper. So totally different than ministry today. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> That thing would have been all over a fake book in, in no time today. 
So this guy walks into the church and he looks at the pastor and he goes, would you mind counting with me? What are you doing here? One, two, three, four. Ichi ni son shi go rachi. Where'd you get them fingers? I got ears too. Look at that nose. Want me to take my sandals off? I got toes. Where'd you get them at? Jesus. You mean that phony from Nazareth? All I know is. And he told me to tell you something. Oh, really? What did he say? He said, you're supposed to offer the gift that Moses commanded. What? You're supposed to offer the gift that Moses commanded. And I watched this pastor vaguely remembering his Bible school notes. Pot, two birds, red string, hyssop, running water. You're supposed to cleanse and offer the cleansing of the leper. You're supposed to do that because I'm the first Israelite that's ever been cleansed of leprosy. And I'm watching this guy, two identical birds, tearing the head of one off and pouring it in an earthen vessel and taking hyssop and dipping it in that blood, tying it with that scarlet cord to the living bird, letting that dude go. You're out there in the deer stand in a couple weeks. And all of a sudden, this bird just flies into the limb right beside him. He's got this little red piece of yarn and this bloody sponge hanging on the bottom. And you go, what in the world is that? See, that Bible's not there by chance, gentlemen. Every part of it is exact. Every part of it. It's got to be two birds. You've got to have two birds that look identical. Don't you get it? We're the other bird. And just as that bird shed his blood on earth, the great speckled bird shed his blood on earth. You ever read about Passover in Exodus 12? Did you ever take the time to remember how they applied the blood to the door? Hyssop. When he's on the cross, how did they get that sponge to him? Hyssop. It's all through that Bible. I wish I had time to talk to you about scarlet. We don't have time to deal with that. It's Calvary, man. That you and I have had the blood applied to our lives. Thank God for sin. Though your sin be a scarlet, it was my sin that tied his blood to my life. And now you and I have the mandate to fly everywhere we go and send that message. I was saved by the blood. I was saved by the blood. I was saved by the blood. That thing's been sitting in there. Oh, Naaman was a Syrian. He wasn't an Israelite. It's been... I watch you young men and you... Oh, God. We've got this internet now. We have the tools to preach the gospel to the world. We have this girl in our church named Talisha Gibbs. Raped when she was 17 at knife point got pregnant wasn't at church had an abortion messed her head up bad years later 
she marries a young man in our church or in the church I pastor it's not my church she comes to me and she says pastor God gave me an acronym heart I said what heart healing the effects of abortion related trauma I want to birth a ministry pastor often of trying to reach young women who have gone through the shame and the guilt of abortion just like I did would you mind if I tried and I said no and all of a sudden we started getting Muslims and Chaldeans coming into church Chaldeans are like Arabic Christians to my knowledge we don't have an Arabic apostolic church in our fellowship at least in the United States I want one in Detroit and so we've got 12 people now. How many apostolic churches do you know that have a guy running sound by the name of Muhammad? We do. <laughs> Muhammad. It's really cool, man. You know. See, there's only three groups of people in the world that believe in the oneness of God. Orthodox Jews. Muslims. And oneness apostolics. And that's how I got in with Avram, Shema, Israel, Elohim. How do you know that? Because I'm the real deal, buddy. He said, what do you mean? I said, Avram, you started this stuff. He said, what do you mean? I said, you got the Holy Ghost before me. I just got grafted in. You, I said, I'm not like any Christian you've ever, ever met in your life. I believe here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. When I said that, are you, are you for real? Yes. He said, it's why we want nothing to do with Christians, because they don't understand the numerical integrity of God. He said, they're so stupid, Harold, they think God's three people. They don't even know who he is and what he is. Oh. Watch this thing starting to happen. They start having dreams. They're having dreams in the Muslim world right now. They're fascinated with prophecy because God is literally bypassing all of that stuff and waking them up in the middle of the night. And there's an amazing move in the Arabic community in Detroit right now because they don't know what to do with about this. They're having these dreams. So we try to capitalize on that. We have Arabic worship nights, and they come and sing their songs. And I'm watching this stuff go on. It's like, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, this lady goes to Talisha and she says, Holy Spirit spoke to me, honey. I'm supposed to translate something that you have into Arabic. And Talisha said, would you take my heart syllabus and translate it into Arabic? Yes. I wish you could meet these precious people. He's one of the most well-known Christian singers in Egypt. I'm not big in Egypt, but he is. His wife has 11 million women that follow her every day. And she took Talisha Gibbs' heart syllabus, translated it into Arabic, and it went, and we found out there was a bunch of Arabic girls that had abortions, didn't want to talk about it. And then we had Japanese people that translate into Japanese. It's in four different countries now. 
All because of this little girl in Detroit that said, I want to do something nobody else has ever done before. Dear brother, it's been sitting on the shelf in that Bible in mothballs for years. What if you're the guy to birth a brand new ministry in the United Pentecostal Church that reaches millions of people? It's in this room right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm done. Stand. This is what the Bible said. Lift up your heads. Okay, lift up your heads. And then it says, don't just lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes. It says... Strengthen them feeble knees. Stand up. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your hands. I got Bible for that. Lift up your voice. I've heard this thing about Job all my life. I looked to the right, he wasn't there. I looked to the left, he wasn't there. I looked in front of me, he wasn't there. I looked behind me, he wasn't there. There's one spot left, Job. You didn't look up. Gentlemen, we have the ability, the privilege of getting beneath the name of Jesus and elevating it into a place where there is a gravitational attraction. Drawing. Oh, Jesus. Because if, if you lift him up, the train will fill the temple, see? And if the train fills the temple, then anybody in this room that lifts up their hands can grab the hem of the garment. Anywhere they are. Because the train fills the temple. Because men understand this privilege that you and I have. Come on. Is that all you're going to do? Teach your boy how to hit a white tail at 300 yards with a 7 millimeter? Is that all you're going to do? Teach him hit a ball in deep center field? Help him to learn to drive a four on the floor? Your boy can find his way blindfolded into the bathroom before church. But when could it be this Sunday, gentlemen? That I'm, I love women, but I'm tired of it being a woman that gives the tongues an interpretation. I'm tired of it being a woman that's the first dancing and shouting and talking. What if you went home today and, and Sunday all of a sudden your boy went, Whoa! Did you see what daddy just did? Wow! Lift up your heads, oh ye gates, and the king of glory will come in. Clap your hands, oh ye people, and don't just clap. Use your mouth like a weapon. Clap your hands, oh ye people, and shout! Come, come shouting. Come, don't stop. Come on, don't let the amplitude go down. Don't let the decibel level go down. Come, come shouting. Come worshiping. Let's let Jericho fall down today. Pulling down imaginations and every high thing that would like to exalt itself. Come on, join me. Let's have some high praises. Lift up your head, lift up your eyes. 
Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. And bind, bind those nobles with fetters and those kings with chains. <laughs> Pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Go, 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 come on, Zion, travail, 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 travail. Push, push, Missouri, push. Let's birth something tonight. I don't want a miscarriage. I don't want an abortion. Can't you feel that? This thing's squirming in the womb of the church right now. Let's make the thing live. Let's make the thing live. Here we go. I have a friend. I have a friend that's a very good evangelist. I asked him, I want you to start clocking churches. Let's just start clocking churches. See how long it goes. He called me two months later. 22 seconds, Harold. That's the best I could get. He started worshiping. After 22 seconds, it died out. So what do you say we try again, shall we? Are you ready? Go. Five. Ten, fifteen, watch out now, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, oh, you're in dangerous turf now, twenty-five, thirty, <laughs> you hear that devil? trying to be a cheerleader. I'm trying to give you understanding right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You might have somebody be by you. Lay your hand on him. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Who knows what? You may know him well. You may not know him well. Could you be led of the Holy Ghost right now and bind something in somebody's life? They've got 9,200 things against them. They can handle a thousand of them, but they can't handle ten. But you and him together right now could overcome 10,000 things. You could be the means. You could be the dynamic, the enzyme, the catalyst to push him over the top and free your brother today. And God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. For the rest of your life, gentlemen, would you consecrate yourself to lift him Far above. Far above. He can do stuff all by himself. But when men lift him, women didn't lift the cross of Jesus. Men lifted the cross of Jesus. And when men lift him, something magical happens in Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. You don't need music, do you? 
Let's let these music guys have a break. You don't need drums right now, do you? You don't need a guitar. You be the instrument. You be the voice. You be the choir. You sing the solo. Yeah, like that. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.